Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, as always brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philadelphia, always at llpavorsky.com. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a man who is always eating an apple when I call him in the morning. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Spike. Give us some of that apple. Come on. All right. I'll do one. I'll do one apple. Right. Here you go. Oh, Yeah. Now, before we get into this, what kind of apple is it? Uh, it's uh, it's a Honeycrisp. Oh, those are honey- very good apples. Yeah, I can't. I don't fuck with the Red Delicious. No, Red Delicious sucks. Um, I, I would say my favorite is the Granny Smith apple. You know, the green apple. But you like the green? Yeah, I like the green also. Be, well, as a kid, I liked it more. But I, yeah, I like it. I, I I love the Honeycrisp apple, but the, if it just had a little bit of tartness to it, I would like it a little bit more. Hmm. But anyway, so the podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and now SoundCloud. That's right. For some reason, you need to be on 87 different platforms for free audio and people can't just go find it. So if you go to SoundCloud.com slash RTRS podcast, then you can uh, subscribe on SoundCloud as well. And thanks to Philip, there's a new website at rights to Ricky Sanchez.com. All right. Yeah. The, the posts will be up there from now on and you can email us for relationship advice there and all of the subscribe links and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's very clean. It's a very yeah. clean looking website. It is. It is. That was the goal. So when, when Philip asked me how I wanted it to look, I said clean and I said better on mobile. And he uh, he he got it done. So thanks, Philip. Now our coworker, and not just our intern, and who our intern now is Kristen, and she runs the Facebook page. Please like our new Facebook page. And as Philip always provides me, here is our latest best iTunes review. You'll like this one. All right. This comes from Louis Bega. Is subject five stars, of course. A great etiquette podcast. It says. <laughs> Excellent podcast on how to be polite, even though sometimes it talks about basketball for some reason. My wife Monica and I were driving to the local movie theater to see The Conjuring 2, and we were excited to spend two hours texting and laughing at the scary <laughs> scenes. But I, I popped on the, right, the latest rights to Ricky Sanchez on the way over and found out that it's not good to do that. So we parked in the parking lot and listened to the first five episodes of The Ricky to pass the time. Now we're hooked. Can't wait to find out who the Sixers hired as head coach. Hope it's David Vanterpool. So, <laughs> so. That is well done. Lou Vega. Yeah. So please leave us lots of positive reviews, not just on iTunes. I'm going to start uh, including the Stitcher reviews as well and SoundCloud. I don't even know if you can leave reviews on SoundCloud, but there you go. So, How do people have so many ways to listen to a podcast? I, it's amazing. Yeah, what a world. I, I, and, the free and, market. Right. And the funny part is when I ask about it – so I asked on the last podcast, do people want it on SoundCloud? And a bunch of people said yes. And I, I tried to very politely ask why. As, as we give – in my head, here's how I think about it. There's a, a web a web page where you can stream it. So you don't have to subscribe to anything, right? You can get it on iTunes, which I feel like a lot of people use, Stitcher, which they use, Google Play, which they use, and – there's an RSS feed, which you, it means if you use any podcast app, app in the world and just copy that RSS and put it in there, it works. But if – god dang it, 
I, I said, uh, why do you like SoundCloud? And they all got offended. They were like, it's cleaner. It's easier. It's a way. You know what? Fine. So here's another 140 of my dollars for the year. <laughs> now it's on SoundCloud too. So congratulations. So on this podcast, obviously, we have a lot to discuss about Mr. Joel Embiid, the greatest Sixer who ever lived, mm-hmm. the newest Sixer sort of, and that is Cat Barber. And you can explain to me who he is. We never discussed on the last podcast the Sixers' godfather offer to Manu Ginobili. So oh, yeah. We'll discuss that. I had it on the list, but we never got to it. Remaining free agents, we will discuss um, Jerry Colangelo's uh, connection to black athletes, which we learned about this week on The Undefeated. And the re-premiere years later of Rights to Ricky Sanchez Relationship Advice – we have a lot of submissions, and we'll try to get to as many as we can as the podcast go on this off season. But I, I think, as as I said, we have to talk about Joel Embiid. Man, Whew, what a week for Joel! I'll tell you, for a guy who has never had an official pr- practice with the Sixers or played a game, he makes us feel better on more times than I think any Sixer in history. Right? I mean, he's just got away of connecting to us and having short little videos that make us feel good. And he did both of those things yesterday. So it's, go it's ahead. like, it's like watching a trailer for your favorite movie that might never come out. Right. Right. And un- unfortunately, so many times the trailer is better than the actual, all the, <laughs> the good parts are in the trailer, but I hope this isn't, that isn't the case with this. There's got to be other good parts. There, there have to be other good parts. I watched a couple of movies yesterday. It's just me and the dog this weekend, so I spent the day watching movies, but I'm not going to talk about movies. Let's talk about Joel. So well, I, no, we'll, we'll get to movies. I want to hear movie takes. Okay. Well, the, uh, it's not new movies. I didn't watch anything new. That's but, fine. All right. So I woke up around 6 yesterday morning, and by the time I checked social media, I noticed I was tagged by, I think, four people in that Instagram post from Joel Embiid, one of Joel Embiid's trainers, showing him, uh, and I'll tell you what excited me about it, showing him uh, spin moves off of this his trainer and dunking it, and then once sort of reverse laying it in. I'll tell you the thing, the two things from this video, and I know we get made fun of for getting excited over these videos, and people. Oh, have, we're, we're we're past making excuses for that. Yes, we, we we've accepted that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have to tell you. I just like it, and I you are perfectly. If you are one of those people that is like, I'm over it. Let me know when he plays. I totally understand that. Uh, from an intellectual perspective, though in my heart, I do not feel that way at, at all because I feel completely the opposite. Show me as many of these videos as possible. But what 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 excited me about this video wasn't the spin and the dunk, which was fine, but is the fact that he looks so fit. Like his, I know <laughs> his shirt is off and he is obviously in really good shape and that he jumped up normally and landed on his feet that were broken, just the fact that he looks like he's in such good shape is awesome to me. I mean, I could watch, I watched it, how many, I watched that video 75 times yesterday. Oh, he's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. There, there's the dunk. So you watch the video 
Which video did you watch? Did you watch the one with the second part, the second move also? Well, the original video has both of them in there. Right, so yeah. the, the original video has the dunk, and then it has the reverse thing in it. It has both of them. It's just – with that video, aside from having any actual other NBA players in the video, has everything that you want from a Joel Embiid person. He's powerful. He's agile. He's gentle in all the ways you want him to be gentle. There's it's – it's artistry. And I can't imagine that he's actually going to play for the Sixers with his body and mind. It's going to be great. It's a beautiful video. It really, really was the right way. That, we should have a Joel Embiid video to wake up to every morning. I want to wake up next to a Joel Embiid video. I mean, doing that move. Wouldn't it be, I mean, in theory, during the Sixers season, we will have that, right? I mean, in theory, we will wake up to a Joel Embiid video almost every day. Yeah. Would you, when he plays this season and stays healthy the whole season, you want him, how many minutes a game do you want him playing? And I'm assuming you don't want him playing any back to backs. Right. I would tell you that probably 20, once he gets ramped up, I would say the end of the season, when we look back on it, he will have averaged 22 or 23 minutes a game. That's pretty low. Yeah, you think? I mean, for the best player in the world, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Do you I, see it, it differently? Be, no, I mean, it would just be tough. I, I, I would find it, I think they will find it hard. I'm sure at first... They're going to ease him into it and stuff. But I think once he's – unless he's <clears throat> getting injured more and having setbacks and having to sit a couple weeks or whatever it is, I don't know if it's that kind of injury. I don't know if it's that kind of injury where it's like, oh, he had a setback with his foot. He needs a couple weeks off. Or it's he had a setback with his foot. He needs a year and a half again. Um, but I think they'll find it hard if he's playing well and, and looking healthy to not play him. 30 35 minutes a game because he's so good i and it would depend i guess on the nerlens and jaleel situation but i i could see like 15 20 minutes a game for like a month and then like all right well look he's gonna get hurt someday he's not gonna get hurt may as well play him like he's a person so i don't know i actually i i would think in the beginning and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm being too conservative that that the first month will be like eight or ten minutes a game you know i I, I don't know. I there's there's the combination of the injury, but then the not having really played competitive basketball in almost three years, which is yeah. a really 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 long time. And, sure. And and you're right. They the, a lot depends on, you know, if uh, look, I gotta tell you, if if all if Noah, both Noel and Okafor are here when the season starts, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. So I I hope we're not dealing with that one. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think they're going to take it slower than we want them to take it, but I don't care. As long as Good. he I mean yes. Yeah. As long as there is a you know as long as he doesn't break his foot again, I'm then I'm I'm totally I'm totally fine. But this is gonna be it, it's been a while since we had to go through this, but you remember the first year of Nerlands, every time uh-huh. he would fall down or he would wince or something, I would I, get I still nervous. do that with Nerlands. I yeah. still do that with and he's been, you know, uh, by and large, perfectly healthy for two years, and we still feel that way. And the Embiid thing is certainly more, uh, 
more fear inducing than than an, a, rec- a recovered ACL is, you know. So it's going to be a really nerve wracking year. But the idea of him playing, I was trying to go through it yesterday. I, I've often said, uh, I said a bunch of times, I would not like right now. I would not trade him for. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Like if he, if the the Timberwolves offered the Sixers Wiggins for Embiid, I would not take it. But I, and I know it's it's strange, but I I wouldn't. There aren't a ton of players that I would trade Embiid for. Like there aren't a ton. Yeah, I mean it's all theoretical because nobody's offering anything for Joel right. until he actually plays and looks like Joel, but. I agree in the sense, like, look, you're, we got enough. We have a, a couple of guys who are going to be pretty good NBA players. So the idea that you trade one who could be an elite NBA player for someone who's going to be, like, Wiggins, pretty good, like, you know, maybe maybe very good, um, is, I mean, it's tough because he's playing. But I agree. I mean, we... Matt Moore asked me on the podcast, would I trade Embiid for Dame Lillard? And I said no. And I was just like, you know, we're, we're Kool-Aid City over here, but why, why, uh, why settle? We're here. We've waited this long. Why, what are we settling for an Embiid trade for? Come on. Yeah, and, and actually, as somebody – I know you, you are, are not a Dame Lillard. I like Dame Lillard better than you do, but I wouldn't trade him for Damian Lillard. Like I'm, I'm trying – I'm looking at – I'm trying to think uh, – so the obvious ones, Curry, Durant, uh, LeBron, uh, but like, you know, Anthony Davis, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, Harden. But like I wouldn't trade I wouldn't, him for – I wouldn't trade him for Harden. Uh, I wouldn't trade him for Harden. I'm not touching that. Too, okay. much, too, much, too much baggage and no defense. Okay, Cousins? I would no. not, right? No. Um, I wouldn't trade him for Westbrook. Ooh, well, contract-wise. Yeah. Um. With one year left, probably not. But if it's if it's Westbrook for five years, I probably I probably would, yeah. Chris Paul, not probably not at his age, right? Yeah. All right. Kawhi Leonard, yes, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I'm just looking. Uh, Blake Griffin. Mm, I mean, <laughs> this is such a stupid conversation. Best. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, fuck it. Okay, no. Andre Drummond. I absolutely would not. No, I don't. I think we have Nerlens is, is right there. Right, Jimmy Butler, I would not. Ooh, depends. Depends. Uh, Paul George, I would. Yeah. Right. Um. All right. I'll finish this off. John Wall. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um. I hope no one listens to this podcast that doesn't <laughs> that that does I this is this is a god I, I hope we're at the part of the season where only the diehards listen. Sure. Well, DeMarcus Cousins is listening and being like, "What the fuck are those guys talking about?" Yeah. Uh, fuck him though. I I probably would trade him for John Wall. Yeah. I love John Wall too. I don't know. Yeah, so totally. then so then there's the video, but then there's the Instagram and the Twitter, which yeah. is it's hard to put in perspective. So so if you're in and you're listening to this and you're one of us, it's very easy to put in perspective what that feels like. But if you're not, I I don't I think it's unreal that he did that. Like right? I mean, is it, like especially considering he has a new general manager and mm-hmm. like the way if you're Brian Colangelo and in case <laughs> if in case you haven't seen it, Joel Embiid posted an Instagram calling 
uh, Sam Hinkie, the goat, and saying uh, he, he he died for our sins and trust the process. Like it was exactly like a an Instagram that we would have put up. There's there's almost no difference. Except, I think Philip maybe Philip hacked into his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I I I can't even. I can't even believe that he would do that. Like that is – especially with a new general manager. And if you're Brian Colangelo or you're the, the CEO of the Sixers or you're somebody in the front office and you see that, what goes through your mind? I mean that must make them furious, right? I – It I has to. Think so. I don't think so. I don't think furious. I think furious would be too far. Really? I think – you know, you give – people give credit to coaches who worked with them before. People give credit for like who they aren't there anymore. People give credit to I mean it's it's public and Instagram, so it's like right there in the pictures there. But like in interviews, players are like, Yeah, this, you know, Mo Cheeks helped me a lot, whatever it is. Maybe Igadala said that. I'm I'm guessing. But like those kinds of things. And they're like, Oh, they're not with the team anymore, but they helped me a lot, whatever. But he I, went he went out of his way on yes, Instagram. Exactly. Right? That, yeah. that is him going out of his way. I so I think I think they'll probably talk to him and be like, hey, man, can you not? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> we we like Sam. You know, we think he did a good job most of the time. We think he, you know, we're happy that he drafted you. But can you just, is it for the future? Not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, you know, what's, I mean, hey, look at my clothes. I'm, I'm well-dressed. What's wrong with, why aren't I the goat? Yeah, and it's. Like and I, I think it's not unimportant that he's never even played a game. You know, like he didn't even. It's, this is not a coach that he played under. And maybe Sam, you know, maybe they have a good relationship. And I'm sure, oh, yeah. you know, that the conversations about him getting a second surgery and all of those things, I'm sure they went through a lot. But it's mm-hmm. just so. It isn't even just. I could even understand and and remember I support Joel Embiid doing this 100%. I think this oh, is wonderful. Yeah. It's but not even a question. but this isn't even the day after it happened. We're talking months after he left, just out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, remind let's let's remind ourselves what goat means greatest of all time. That's what he's saying about Sam Hickey. He, I don't look, know. he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not the, wrong. it I mean I know they're close they, when they see each other at summer league they say hey um, I, I th- maybe Joel has some perspective now that he's like healthy and going, and he's like, like has a career in front of him, and he's and he's like, man, if Sam forced me to rush this into it, even though I wanted to, or if he wouldn't pay for like the highest priced training facilities or sending me to Cutter anything, then he'd be in trouble. But you know, maybe he's just got some perspective and just like, man, that's so cool that he did that, or. That look at the team that we built on this. Now we're poised to take over the world. I don't know. I, I want to know what was the incident that incited him to post that. Yeah. Well, and maybe it, maybe it was. I mean, after that video came out, he was, you know, Twitter and uh, everything was uh, a flame with Joel Embiid. Look at him, look at him, look at him. And maybe it just made him reminisce a little bit. I don't know. This is a weird part of the podcast. I just, I, I, his his acknowledgement of trust the process and of Hinky and of, and even the Shirley Temple stuff has been, uh, if he is healthy, he is going to be an all-timer in a lot of different ways, you know? And I just hope, 
I hope once he plays and he has to do interviews every day and oh god, can you imagine? But I hope he doesn't lose the the the, the joy, yeah, yeah, that he seems to have for all of it after all that he's been through too. And this is, you know, it's not like he 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 is responsible for you know there there are enough stories of him being irresponsible with his health last year to to disregard two, them two, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago to to disregard them. So he knows he's been part of it, but he's gone through to have to fully rehab and then have to fully rehab again is a hard thing, and he's done it. And yeah. uh, so I hope he doesn't lose the, whatever good he's feeling once he starts playing. And you know, it'll be frustrating in a lot of different ways, but I, I hope it stays positive. I'm sure he's so fucking excited. And the the people, I mean, every time he posts anything online, it's when you when you fucking gonna play, bro. Yeah. You haven't even played a minute. Like it's like people just like attacking him, and then there's our people that are obviously yeah. telling him, telling telling him to come on the podcast. Yes. What if what if he what if he came on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, when, we, we would just be compl- it wouldn't be like hard hitting questions. It would just be us complimenting him the whole time. Yeah, I mean, remember the way we got Stauskas on the podcast was just asking him on Twitter. Sure. I don't I don't believe that we've ever gone through the team. Well, I mean, uh, Hinky and Brett Brown. Yeah. Came, came through the team, but and I guess we've never had another player. So, so our only player was got through Twitter. So, Joel, you're more than welcome to come on the podcast if you happen to listen. I don't think you do, but you're more than welcome. We'd love. To I don't know. Him. I could see him clicking on a few while he's training. He wears headphones sometimes. Maybe yeah. he's listening. What It'll if be... he's listening to Ricky as he's like working on post moves? Joel, all the questions will be softballs. They'll all be softballs. <laughs> in fact, in fact, you can set whatever conditions. We don't even have to talk about basketball. We can talk yeah. about whatever else you want. We don't even have to talk. What's that? We don't even have to talk. Just let yeah. him talk. Yeah, we can let him. T- if you want it to be your podcast, or if you want to interview one of our former guests, if you want to, if you want us, yeah, interview. yeah, we can flip it around. You can vamp the whole time. Whatever you got to do. All right. Next topic. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where you explain to me who Cat Barber is. Who is Cat okay. Barber? Well, they also they also gave uh, Brandon Paul yes. a part guaranteed deal. Right. So Cat Barber went to NC State. Uh, he's very very fast. That is the main thing you got to know about him. He's a score first point guard generally, um, and not a great three point shooter, but a pretty good one. He's a lot of he he dominated the ball at at NC State because there was really no one else good on his team. Um, so anytime they have, you have those guys, I sort of hope that there's potential to unlock when they're surrounded by anybody decent. So his assist percentage isn't great, but his turnover rate went down every year, even as his usage rate went up. Um, pretty decent defensive rebounder. He, he can get his own shot and like, could be a like a firecracker off the bench, good in transition. Um, not great on defense. It should be better based on how fast he is. He, he's bigger than Ish is, um, so he should be better with with his with his combination of speed. But I think he'll challenge for a spot depending on depending on how much um, what ha- what shakes out with the Nerlens Jaleel trade. I think it'll be a camp invite, and hopefully that they can send him to Delaware and. Let him develop as an actual point guard because he's uh, the between scoring and and how fat, how good he is in transition. I think he with 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 better teammates around him could theoretically become a legitimate point guard in the league. Hmm. 
And I mean, I guess I feel like we talk about this every week, but I I, I don't even want to do the roster thing yeah. until there's because a trade could change everything. I, I, I don't even know how to do the roster thing at this point, right? I I yeah. would yeah, I agree. And I think that the more I look at it, the more I think that Jeremy is going to be included in a Jaleel trade. Oh, really? Why? Um, because there's a there's the logjam at the four already. Unless they keep him and say like, all right, you're basically the backup five, which would be cool with like Rashawn. But there's, I think you trade him, keep him together because he's a rim protecting four, and that's sort of what you need with Jaleel anyway. And I think that would sort of sweeten sweeten a pot for whoever whoever makes that deal. There's a, a lot of the Celtics rumors keep keep piping up. The Celtics just signed a couple of their guys. They signed. Tyler Zeller and um, Gerald Green, and then locked in Demetrius Jackson to a to a guaranteed deal. So I think that that was either an indic- indicative of they're done, or a move is about to happen in the next day or two. So I don't know what what on Boston. While we're here, what on Boston? would be acceptable in a Jaleel trade. And don't just say anything, because I know that that's our base level, but what would be enough for you to say, I don't want to start, I don't want to keep looking around the league. I'm ready to make this trade right now in Boston. Well, you just said it, Gerald Green. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) By the way, uh, a thanks to... um, to to Zach Harper and um, and, uh, Ben Swanson. James uh, Turbert. Uh, James Herbert. Yeah, I always get those two. Wait, who's the other guy? James. There's outside the NBA. That's James Herbert, right? Yeah. And yeah. who's Cardboard Gerald? Ben Swanson. That's Ben Swanson. I always screw them up. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for the a very kind mention on the um, on the Ion Basketball podcast. The same week that your Matt Moore one came out. Yeah. They, they were talking about Gerald Green, and they said yeah. somebody said uh, I forget whether it was Zach or uh, or uh, James. I think it was. I think it was James. James said, uh, "You know what? I have heard somebody mention Gerald Green on the rights to Ricky Sanchez, <laughs> and we were both very positive about Gerald Green. Yeah, I love him. All right. The, so the, also, did you hear uh, the question on the starters? Did no. you see that? Uh, they did like their tri- their year in trivia. Yeah. Um, and the question was so like they I think it was like I forget which one was hosting, but it was like two of them. It was two versus two in terms of who was uh who was participating. Okay. In the in the trivia contest, and it was I want to get back to Jaleel, but it was uh one of the questions was um while oh what was it it was like while not on his day job working in tv at the grinder mike levin like created a bill or like something billboard no no mike levin got that's what it was it was mike levin got rob Lowe to say this three word phrase on on the show wow wow yes. we're we're the podcast we're getting into like the regular i feel like we've made it into mainstream basketball twitter sure right i think well the funny thing is that that is if there's any buddy who the two guys who created the grinder which is not me i just worked on the show right if they if they heard that we're like what the fuck yeah. 
there's no way they didn't know that I did it. I sort of just like, hey, what about this line? And it, and it made it to the final cut. But I mean, there's no that they they didn't put it in saying, okay, let's let's do a nod to Sam Hinkie here. It was it definitely wasn't that. So I'm I'm sort of waiting for that to come come home to roost and get a call. And be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Um, okay. All right. So here we go. So I'm just, yeah. So I'm just going to basically go over the six, the, the Celtics players and assets and we can say what's acceptable. Like, so next year they don't have the Nets pick, but they have a swap with the Nets. So they basically right. have the Nets pick. Right. I would, I would do it for that. I would. Yes, absolutely. I would, I would punt on any value this year and I would do it for that. Would you? You would do it for a, a Nets swap next year well you get the celtics pick which you have the ability to swap with the nets so essentially you're getting the nets pick okay 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 yeah you know what i mean like because it will be better you're not you're not getting the option to swap our pick with no no you can't you can't trade that you can only trade the pick with the option to swap okay yeah uh i would definitely do that i think that they won't i i agree i agree um seem to be very reluctant That, that seems to be i bet ainge is pissed that he only ended up with jalen brown in this draft so I think he's like very hell bent on that being the 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 pick where they take the guy because right. they need they still need the guy. Uh, I would do it for Marcus Smart. That's been mentioned a bunch of times. I would. Yeah, I mean he doesn't really, fit or anything, but I, I would... really worry about the shot. But defensively, it'd be awesome. And in transition, I think he'd be he'd be cool running with with Simmons. And I think his sort of. Ad- Attitude and meanness would be, I mean, especially if you kept Nerlens and Jeremy. <laughs> There'd be so, so many just mean defenders that are just like in your face and <laughs> pissing you off. TJ, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I would, Jaleel for Marcus Smart straight up. I mean, I don't think it'd be fair value. I think that would be underselling. But I would probably do it if that was like the only option. Yeah, I would probably do, I would probably ask for Marcus Smart and like a, like a like an RJ Hunter or or like a a, a late first or something. Uh, Avery Bradley, it doesn't make a ton of sense considering his age or whatever. But I mean, he's twenty eight, I think. But I would do it for Avery Bradley. He's really good. Yeah, so would I. I yeah, he's. I mean, he's Jared Bayless, but with defense. Yeah, really good defender. I mean, that's probably. I would say that's probably his. Absolutely. Best attribute, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 incredibly quick. Great, he he became like a damn good three point shooter. Like I love, I've loved David Bradley for a long time. Uh, I don't want him, but I would do it for Jalen Brown. Yeah, I'd be interested in that trade. Just a straight up Okafor for Brown. I don't know that they love it because they already. I mean, they they're pretty loaded up. I mean, Jaleel and Al Horford is not a perfect combination. So no. I don't know what their thought process is is it like okay we can have them play high low on offense and on defense what have Jaleel put cover fours is that what it would be and have Al protect the paint neither of them are like great rebounders um I don't know I don't know how that would work out but I would I would probably do it for Jalen Brown also yeah even though even though I don't like Jalen Brown Terry Rozier, I would do it. Sure. No, I mean you start to have to package some guys together because those like lower guys, which I like, RJ Hunter, I like Jordan Mickey, I like Demetrius Jackson, um, but I wouldn't. All those guys aren't good enough to 
trade straight up for I'd, I'd sit on i'd keep sitting on the trade i mean if it got to the point where it's like you have to make a trade now or never then we could talk about it but i think it would be like a package of some of those guys and and, and a pick in the future to load up on yeah i mean i i i don't know how much of a I don't know if the Celtic look at a certain point where there's smoke, there's fire. I would assume that the Celtics do have some sort of interest in Jaleel Okafor, or this wouldn't be going on. Maybe they don't, but I, I think probably they do. I, you know, I they're probably this is a stare down at this point. I would imagine sort of like a game of chicken between yeah. Brian Colangelo and Danny Age, and neither one of them wants to lose a trade. I don't. I, I just I, I just don't want to deal with this with when the season starts. And, you know, this brings up an interesting point. I don't know if you saw it. Mike Sielski wrote a thing that uh, Colangelo has shown too many cards by saying that, you know, they, they have to make a trade with the front court and it's too crowded. I don't know if I believe that he's he's hurt himself, his negotiating stance by actually saying that in the public. I just I don't know. Maybe he has, but I don't think he has. I, I don't know that he's helped himself, but I don't know that he's hurt himself. I just, at a certain point, I just, I don't think you can go into this year with all these guys. I just, I think it's, they have to do something. Yeah, I don't think that it makes too much of a difference. Colangelo has said stuff over the course of the few months he's been here to the media where you're like, well, why, why are you saying that? What's the point? What's the upside? And there's kind of none, I guess. It's just to further his relationship with the media and get people on his side because he's giving them quotes, whatever. But saying, hey, we're probably going to have to trade one of these three big guys is not like a revolutionary idea. Like it's, it's, it's obvious enough to where it's like, yeah, yeah, we know. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's put him in any sort of worse bargaining position with other teams. I don't, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it has, but I don't think it has. Who, if you're looking at Minnesota... Would you uh, the three guys that I would look at because they're not trading Wiggins, but the three guys I'd look at for Jaleel are Chris Dunn, obviously, yep, Ricky Rubio and Zach Levine. How would you rank them in terms of who you want the most? Uh, I would go Levine one, Rubio two, Chris Dunn three, but I would do it for any any one of them. Interesting that you have Rubio over Chris Dunn. Uh, yeah, because I already know that Rubio is what he is. I guess I the the only. Chris Dunn is his his like uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but his projection is a athletic defensive point guard who maybe or maybe not will learn how to shoot, but that's what he's will he, he will be good at will be defending and potentially distributing the ball. But I that's already what Ricky Rubio does, so I I like Rubio. I you know and and the other part of that is I don't watch college basketball, so all I know about Chris Dunn is highlight tapes and i guess sure. it's okay but i i'd rather have rubio i, I know uh, rubio is good yeah chris dunn is already a better shooter than ricky rubio is um but from the outside at least but uh i i think it'd be fun to watch rubio with simmons that would be really really cool but i think i really think they gotta trade one of them because i don't think chris dunn isn't this guy that you need to like harvest and take time with he's 22 like he's ready to play he's he might be the most ready to play in the draft class so i'm not sure why why you'd want him to come off the bench but i i don't know i don't know what their goal is really this year i think they're looking for somebody to take pekovic i would take if it's like if they want to hold on to rubio which they might because rubio is well liked and 
you know, good. very, very, he's good. He's hot. He's, he's under contract for three now very inexpensive years. Now that the cap has gone up, um, 13, 14 and 14, eight. Um, but if it was like, Hey, Rubio and Pekovic or Chris Dunn and Pekovic for really anything on a roster, but Simmons and Embiid, I would say, I would say yes to. Uh, well, I mean, I I wouldn't do that for Nerlens. I'd rather have Nerlens than any of those three guys. No, I would, I would trade Nerlens for those guys in a second, especially now for Chris Dunn. Why? Because Chris Dunn's on a five-year rookie deal. Nerlens is about to have to get very paid, and they're going to trade him anyway. We have nobody to pay. Like Mike, like, like I I guess my thing with with but the issue is that you don't want to overpay. I wouldn't. I don't want to give Nerlens. A max contract. Yeah, but a max contract for him is what twenty three million dollars. Like, like here's here's the the world that I'm living in. The world that I'm living in is that if I give Nerlens twenty three million dollars next year, I could still somehow sign two max players and not have any problem doing it. And and I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to find two max players to give contracts to. So if I have to to hedge my bet on Embiid with Nerlens for two more years and one of those years I have to pay him $24 million, then fine. And if, if Embiid ends up being really good and then Noel becomes expendable, I don't think you're going to have a problem with someone taking on that deal. I don't think that deal is problematic for the Sixers and I don't think it's problematic for anybody else. Chris, Just because Chris Dunn's giving you, yes, a lower contract, but for like, what are we using that room for? We just had to spend money on Gerald Henderson, Jared Bayless, and Sergio Rodriguez at 30 years old just to spend money on somebody. You know, I, I just I don't know where these guys are that we have to pay. And if if everyone ends up being good, if Joel Embiid ends up being really good, and Ben Simmons in four years we have to pay. Like Nerlens's contract is up by then anyway. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not worried about finding cap space for anybody. I agree in that sense, but I. I have two. I have two issues with that. The first one is, when Sam was here, we were always like, "Don't overpay, just to overpay." There's, I mean, I, I want to keep Nerlens and I, I like him, but we, you know, the whole reason with the KJ trade, I know you don't like KJ nearly as much as you like Nerlens, but it was like, "Hey, he's gonna." People argued, "What do you get? Overpay KJ a little bit? Fine. What are you gonna use with that cap space anyway?" And it was about staying flexible, and it was about giving out fair contracts, and it was about maybe it was wrong maybe it was whatever but that was the argument that people used what are we going to use the cap space for anyway may as well overpay this guy and the second thing is i really think they're going to trade nerlands and so if you're if we're operating from a position of we're going to trade nerlands i would be very happy with one of those three guards if that is the return i think the alternative is much much worse well i'm not, I'm not operating from that position i guess and i i don't i'm not necessarily sure that's going to happen and i just I, I would rather have Nerlens on his contract than Chris Dunn on on his. I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would. I think I'd rather have. I think I'd rather have Chris Dunn. Okay, that's fine. I I don't agree at all. Um, but we'll see. I you know I don't I don't get the sense that I guess he would fit there. I mean, he wouldn't not fit there, right? I mean, he fits anywhere. That's sort of the advantage to him. You're, ta- you're talking about Nerlens? Yeah, yeah. He fits anywhere. You know, that, I, that'd be very cool to watch him with. Towns. Yeah, that yeah. would be a lot. But they already, I mean, I don't think they want Nerlens anyway. That Gory Deng, who is obviously not as good as Nerlens, gives you a lot of what Nerlens gives you. Um, well, bef- before, speaking of free agents, before we get to the uh, the guys that are left, and then we'll get to uh, relationship advice as well. Um, speaking of relationship advice and good deals, uh, who is better at both, 
then, wow. then right? Then LL Pavorsky and LL Pavorsky Jewelers, the official sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Not only is he your guy to go get an engagement ring, and if you want to do that, you know, we heard from another guy on Twitter that went to LL because of us, you know. Uh, he tweeted at us the other day. Uh, Lee always says the Rice to Ricky Sanchez people are his best customers. If you want an engagement ring, what I want you to do before you go over there is call Lee or tweet him or email him, set up an appointment so he can set aside as much time as you guys need, but also going on now is the now famous, as you know this, Mike, the L. Pavorsky Summer Cabana Sale. Oh, oh yeah. Summer Cabana, baby. We're talking about discounts, uh, 25, 50, 75% off. You know, there's the whole store. You're talking about huge discounts. It goes until the middle of August. Um, and if you go, the, if you buy an engagement ring now, by the way, speaking of discounts, and you're a Right to Ricky Sanchez listener, LL is paying for your first year of insurance on that ring. That's that's right. It's complimentary from Lee. So you're talking about a great deal on a ring, a great guy. You're talking about free insurance and free chocolate. What else do you need, right? Nothing. So like I said, what I want you to do is if you want to go in and buy a ring, reach out to Lee before you go in there um, at 215-627-2252. You can email him from llpavorsky.com. You can tweet him at llpavorsky uh, and the store at 707 Walnut. Um, and that's it. And is the official jeweler of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. He makes a generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association and uh, of the Delaware Valley and Rain. Um, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Also the official jeweler of the Democratic National Convention. Wow. Is that true? I, I made it true. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, uh, you know, it's funny to see people – panic around town when the convention is coming yeah what's it what's it like over there talk to me it's fine i it's really funny that people will use any excuse to look if you if i still panic when the pope came right well the pope was that we were expecting a million people you know the the difference with the democratic national convention is that it's like forty thousand people it's not it's it's like having an eagles game in town less than an (laughs) eagles game in town which by the way happens all the time. Or, uh, you know, when the Guns N' Roses concert happened, it's not like people in Center City were like, oh, my God, where do I go? How do I get? You know, here's the thing. If I still lived in South Philly, it would be a little annoying because they're not letting people park in the middle of Broad Street. And even though I didn't park there, it just means more people parking in the side streets, you know, and it's a pain, a pain in the – but I don't drive a five-ton truck. So I'm not worried about driving past on 95. I just – it doesn't affect – it barely affects me. The only thing that's a little more inconvenient is that occasionally near my work, they're having a couple of – like Hillary, I think, is going to have some sort of a rally there on Friday, the day after the convention. And um, – but I mean nothing – it's it's fine. They're not closing off many roads. Um you know, the Pope thing was ridiculous. We couldn't even get into our building when the Pope was here. They they set up perimeters. There were – you needed special ID, special passes. I don't know. The, the DNC, it doesn't seem like much of anything to me. So The DNC is no Pope is what you're saying. Basically, it's no Pope. It's no Pope. And I don't expect it to be really. So uh, so before we get – well, OK. Let's do – so I was looking through the remaining free agents, uh, the uh, Jake Pavorsky put up a thing on Liberty Ballers about a few of them that are out there. There's really not a ton. Um, you know, J.R. Smith is still a free agent. They're not going to sign J.R. Smith. 
the Dion Waiters thing, I don't think is real. I actually have to go out on a limb and don't think I, I don't think the Sixers have any interest in Dion Waiters. I mean, if if there was any chance they wanted to sign Dion Waiters, they would have signed him by now, right? Right. I can't I can't keep waking up in the middle of the night in a sweat thinking they're going to sign Dion Waiters. I want this to end. I need him to go somewhere. I don't care if it's China. Just get out. Someone signed Dion Waiters so I can breathe again. Well, and you notice in every rumor, it's like Brooklyn or Philly because the, base, the agent is basically floating out the rumors. Here are the two teams that haven't signed anybody yet of yeah. any of – you know what I mean? Here, here are the two guys that have cap space and he's young and they could use a guard. But there's – And they're both just like you sign them. I don't know. Fucking yeah. you sign them. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which Marks – it's not Sean – is it Sean Marks or Bobby? It's Bobby Marks. Which Marks Sean Marks. Sean, Sean Marks, right. Bobby Marks works for the vertical, right? Doesn't yeah. He? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't think that's real. You know, and, and also I don't think that J.R. Smith is a like he's not going to he's no, going to stay in Cleveland. No, right. Um, you know, I don't think Maurice Harkless is good, you know. I I've heard people mention him. He's one of those guys just because he's young doesn't make him I I don't know. I feel like he would have been good by now. Mhm. He's been in the league what? 3 years, 4 years? A long time. I think it's it. Is uh is Mata Yunus signed anywhere yet? No, he is not. He's a guy that I would take a flyer on. Uh, Ty Lawson, no interest. Lance Stevenson, no, no interest. No. An- Anthony Morrow, I'd take. Just another gun, another three three point shooter around Ben. That'd be fine. Yeah, the problem with Monty Yunus is we have so many big guys. You know, yeah, I, I would take his flyer after like two of them are gone. Yeah. Like yeah, Mark Markel Brown, I would like, or if he's not, if he's still around. Um, let's just let's keep scrolling. You want James Anderson back? No. Okay. Jakar? Yes. Not, yes, of course. Jakar's not going to make the Nuggets. What if he comes back to Philly? Yes, I would be totally – I would be one million percent okay with that. No, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Man, that would be great. That would be great. Who yeah. else? Anybody else? Jace, Jason Terry? Uh, ooh, I don't that, know. Comedy. That kind of, that kind yeah. of, vet, yeah, that kind of veteran person. I mean, we didn't get – what do you think what – what would you have thought of Manu? I would have had no problem with it, just like the Jamal Crawford thing, because I think it would have been um, funny and harmless. But I'll tell you, the funny part to me was, is how everyone sort of praised uh, the Sixers and Brian Colangelo for making the Spurs... For making the Spurs overpay for him, so they lost Boban. Which, by the yeah. way, I think that's a great deal for Boban. That dude can play. He's oh, actually yeah. good. Yeah, It's going to be fun to watch him, like, I mean, behind Andre Drummond is a really perfect place. Yeah. Uh, but I would also say, what did we gain out of making them lose Boban? <laughs> I mean, we brought Boban to the Eastern Conference now. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that was the biggest concern. Okay, wait. We don't want Boban to come to the East. Well, like, but, that, I, but I just – I don't understand. I don't I'll, think it was like any sort of hilarious gamesmanship to make the – or great gamesmanship to make this. The Spurs are not our rival. I, 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 think, I think it was – I think it really was just like we're serious. Yeah. We want to attract free agents. I think Manu, the only way he was like at least considering it was because Brett Brown's the coach here. Um, it's fine. I mean it's funny. It's funny that they, they made them overpay, and I'm glad Manu got paid a little bit more, to, so in his last year or two, he can you know calmly retire and not worry about stuff. But I don't know. I, now I just want to see a Drummond Boban versus Embiid Nerlens. Yeah. Fight. Well, let me tell. 
Let me tell you something. Boban versus Nerlens at this point in their physical development. It's not, <laughs> not, much, not yeah. a fair fight. Boban's so big. His hands are so big. His body's so strange. I love it. I yeah. love every. And he's good at basketball, by the way. He's really also is. good at basketball. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just because Tim Duncan was like, all right, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make you good. Yeah, and he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's he's literally good. I don't, I think I think that was a great deal for Boban to be honest with you. When you think about what's his name got twice the contract. The the guy with the Lakers. Moscow. Yeah, Moscow. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather have Boban. Brutal. So, before we get to a relationship advice, there was a hilarious article by Mark Spears of the Undefeated this week about Jerry Colangelo being able to relate to black athletes because he's been through the ringer as well. And um Mark Spears, if you haven't noticed, has become the Jerry Colan- the I give credit to Jerry Colangelo for having an in on the the black uh, Grantland or whatever, as as it was as the undefeated was titled early in its development. Um, the fact that Mark Spears, it, you know, you have to you had to look closely in the beginning one because Mark Spears wrote a piece about a month ago or a month and a half ago that I sent you that was like, don't worry, everybody. Even though nobody wants to play for USA Basketball, they're still really awesome. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's a really weird piece to be writing. And then uh, and then there was this one on Jerry Colangelo. I, clearly, I think it's pretty obvious that when Jaleel or Nerlens gets traded, Mark Spears is going to break that, that, uh, that story, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's so bald. Was it always yeah. this bald, like, in the world of journalism? Was it always like... Here's fluff piece about this particular person. I think you can tell. I, I I think you could tell people who like hate people. Like Woj Woj is anti LeBron. I don't know if he's that anymore, but anti LeBron for years. Yeah. Agenda was was very clear, but I think the like the other side of it, where it's just like fluff piece, fluff piece. Here's a softball. All of that is now starting to become more obvious to me. Has it always been like that, or what do you think? I think it was always obvious if you knew it was there. I think the yeah. difference is we know it was there. Who yeah. wrote that? The, somebody wrote that thing about Woj a couple years ago that, that basically oh, right. spelled out everything that was going on. And look, it's the game, and nobody has played it better than Woj, but I think it has been... The fact that I think people are aware now makes it harder to hide these things, you know. Um, it and, was, did you listen to the Mike D'Antoni Woj podcast? No, I started to, and then I stopped. So I never, I never got to the part where he was talking about the Sixers or anything. Yeah, so we talked about Colangelo and said like I would do anything for that guy. That's the only reason I came to Philly was because Jerry said called and asked me to come. And it's and people give Colangelo a lot of credit a lot of times. In, including Matt Moore, in my, it's so, it's hard because you know, on the one hand, he's had a lot of success in the league. He's he's played the game in terms of favors and behind the back handshakes, as well as anybody, and so that's why he's you know one of the few household names and executives around the league. But. It, it, he also just seems so. Maybe it's because he he beat our guy. Would we? I don't know. I I, I don't know how to. I struggle with how to feel about him because obviously I think he did some shitty things here, but 
he is so respected and beloved by a bunch of people outside of here that maybe it's just because he beat our guy that we're so down on him. What do you think? Talk me up. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people love a lot of shitty people. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like there are, uh, let's put it this way. I, without getting a political, I will say, think about all the different candidates that we've seen over the last year. And even the least popular ones have had a ton of people who love them. Like the ones who you, you cast aside is not even meaningful. Rick uh, Santorum. Yes. A lot of people love him, you know, um, you know, it's just a lot of people love a lot of people. I don't know. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Colangelo has, is clearly a successful person and has lasted a long time and very clearly well-liked by a lot of people. But that doesn't mean he didn't also do something shitty too. But I'll, I'll go back and, and not to rehash this whole thing, but ultimately it comes down to the owners brought this upon themselves. Jerry Colangelo did not force his way onto the Sixers. They mm-hmm. they willingly let him walk all over them. So if you're him and you've been for the last two or three years looking for a way to get back involved in running a team and they are obviously somebody that you feel like you can walk over, well, then walk over them. You know, like I, I can't – I can't um, – I, I guess I don't uh, – I don't – fault him for being for playing the game and doing it's just i i can't take away for the fact that it hurt the guy that we liked that doesn't take i I still think he was shitty about it but ultimately it comes down to i don't blame him for what happened here i blame the owners and the the ceo of the team for what happened here so is jerry colangelo triple h oh this i i don't think we can do this without Ange. Okay. Yeah, I think we need to bring Ange in for a – during the off season. maybe we bring Ange Goldstein in to do the which wrestler is which guy in sure. all of the Sixers thing. Sure, I, sure. I feel like we need an expert there. Mike Weber was in town the other uh, – earlier this week and I had dinner with him. Yeah. Love to see him. A lot of good Sixers talk that uh, – always good to get. He, he, he's similar to us and I think – I think we when we listen to podcasts, me and you – we th- we assume like oh we've you know we we're friends with those people we hang out right and so he's like I feel like I see you all the time but it's like well we haven't seen each other in a long time just because he's listening to the podcast right yeah well that's it's funny that's the sort of the way when I I went when I worked in radio but I was doing middays at WISP I did it for like three or four years and you're on from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. while people are working and you're talking to them every day and when mm-hmm. you see them in real life that's what they assume they assume that this was a two-way conversation the whole time. Yeah. Uh, which is a very strange thing sometimes. But I think we found out at one point your parents like kept up on your life by listening to the Oh, podcast. they still do. Yeah, yeah, my mom my mom holds that over me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I feel that way about like actors. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. I'll see people around around like the lot or around whatever and see like, oh, I'm friends with this person. What's up? Wait, no. I'm <laughs> not friend, I, yeah. And I don't know who this person This person has no idea who I am. I'm waving to a stranger. You want to do some uh, relationship advice? It's back. Let's do it. All right. If you want to get your relationship advice, uh, if you have a question, send it to writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. And, uh, and I figure we do two of them. I, I got six of them, uh, but I figure we'll do two. Okay? Yeah. Two very different ones. All right. Uh, this one comes from 21 and Anxious. 
I'm a college, a college-aged male attending university in Virginia, and I'm interning while living at home for the summer before heading back to my la- for my last year of college. Recently, I fully moved into my grandma's house after a spat with my mother. I've never had trouble with girls or confidence since growing into my lean, post-pubescent frame after high school. But my cur- right, but my current situation has me particularly unsure of my next move. A week and a half ago, Nana introduced me to a beautiful Slovakian girl who is lifeguarding for the summer at our country club pool. Wait a minute. Is this a penthouse forum letter? All right. Sorry. Uh, at, at our country club pool. After using the lame pickup line, asking her if, she's had, if she had any sunscreen, I had a wonderful two-hour conversation with this girl, after which she asked for my phone number. We've been chatting frequently, and I've gone to hang out with her at the pool once last week, after which I drove her... I think the last word is home there, but it didn't, it didn't go there. The issue, I'm going back to school in one month, and although she's been very flirty, I've asked her to hang out outside the confines of the pool multiple times uh, this past weekend. She's rejected each of my attempts, citing having to work, um, but more recently being tired from the night out when asked if she'd like to come over uh, and watch Friends. At, <laughs> this, at this point, is it more trouble than it's worth to keep pursuing? This girl is the shit, but at this point, it seems like if she was really interested in a month-long summer fling, we would have gone on a real date already. If I'm being curved, I'd like to halt my... Curved? I don't know what that word means. If I'm being curved, I'd like to halt my efforts and move on from this goddess of a life card as soon as possible. Uh, Mike, what would you say? Great story, first of all. Yep. You sent me this email, like what, like a week or two ago? Yeah, it came right away. It came to my email address, actually. So... I've been thinking about it okay. for a while. All right. And I, th- I think it seems to me, and you know, there might have been updates in the last week and a half that we don't know about or we're not privy to. But to me, it's like if something was going to happen, it would have happened already. Yep. I think you, you take it as a nice, flirty thing. Have. If you can, every a cool flirt is fine. You don't. I mean, a, a fling is ideal, obviously, but a cool flirt is also cool. So I think if it, if it happened, it would have happened by now. And you don't want to get in a position of pressuring or leaving yourself out in a vulnerable, weird situation. Um, I don't know how they do it in Slovakia, but I would say probably sit sit tight on this one and and uh, let her make the move if it's going to be. Uh, if it's going to be a thing, what do I, you think, Spike? I totally agree. Look, uh, there are two there are two parts of this. First of all, uh, it seems to me like she's just not interested. In which case, you're just wasting your time and you're just going to be frustrated. But the other thing is, if she is playing hard to get, if you just stop asking her, she will. That will make her like like you better. And it's it's hard. I'm sorry to say that, but if you're persistent, if and and she is. She enjoys that persistence. If you stop it, she will most likely reach out to you. Like that's when she will ask to hang out. So I would stop at I would I wouldn't I wouldn't write her off completely, but I would stop asking her to hang out. And maybe Oh, I lost it. I had something. Um No, I don't know. I lost it. It's good. I I am just glad relationship advice is back. We talk about, you know, assets and movies and now it's like you know what let's get back into where we started relationship people how to live their lives 
right. Well, I have two good more. These are shorter. So let's let's do these and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Good. Uh, all right. This one, I'm not going to use his name even though he signed his name, but I, I don't know if he wants us to do that. I've been talking to this girl I met online for many months now. I knew I liked her a little bit from the start, but didn't take that feeling seriously since we were just texting. Eventually, we decided to meet a couple months ago and hang out for the day. After the successful outing, that is when I realized I had serious feelings for her. Within a mm. couple weeks, I felt I needed to tell her how, how I feel. And I did, to no avail. My feelings were unrequited. Yeah. She said that she didn't feel that way about me, only saw me as a good friend. It has been a month since I told her that, and I'm still hung up on it. My heart is having a hard time letting this crush go. Any advice slash experience for dealing with crushes slash unrequited love slash friend zone? First of all... The ideal scenario is someone posts a thing in a relationship advice that the other person is listening to, and we set people up yeah. with their loved ones via the relationship advice segment of the Ricky. That is the ideal. But in terms of this, I mean, it's I've spent a majority of my adolescence in unrequited love, mm-hmm. um, and while it feels important at the time and it feels like sort of gratifying to be mopey, I think best bet is to just say it's not there. Maybe it'll be there in the future, but be like, cut it off, cut that off at the knees early so you're not just like wallowing in yourself. The idea that people will just like come around and if you just push hard enough, yeah, they'll realize that you're the person. It just doesn't happen. I've been there. I tried it. Doesn't work out. Yeah, it, so. it only works out in movies. It, it's yeah. only like her at the altar with somebody else, and then realizes you're the one and comes and finds you. It doesn't happen in real life. It's even not even that. It's more even just like if there, there's no scenario where it's just like, all right, if I just tell her, if I just need to push harder and tell her more of my yeah. feelings. Yeah, I've yo been that guy as if you don't know based on how i feel about the sixers that i feel feelings real hard then you haven't been listening long enough go back and listen to some bynum podcasts but at this point with some self-reflection as an at an aged 26 i feel comfortable to say it's not worth it yeah go go move on and try not to hurt yourself anymore and and here's what i'll say even if you convince yourself you can just be friends with her if you feel that way about her you're you're not you're waiting around that's what you're doing and it's going to make it impossible for you to get a girlfriend because she's always going to see the twinkle in your eye when you're talking about this other one you're not you're just you're fooling yourself if you think that you're just friends now there's nothing wrong with fooling yourself from time to time yeah and and i'll tell you the other thing she gets everything out of that relationship she gets a a friendship and she also gets a guy that will probably like take her to the the you know the mechanic when she needs to or like you'll do anything because you think that right right don't don't which is is fine but yeah yeah but i'm back a little bit yeah and finally and it's unfair to her if you're like under the guise of friendship and also and then yeah right finally hey mike and spike my roommate has been dating this miserable girl for three years uh who eats an excessive amount of doritos yuck she, I like her. I like her so far. <laughs> she lives in Chicago, and they've been doing the long distance thing. 
He has cheated on her multiple times the past couple of months and was all set to break up with her. We encouraged him to do so, but he called her and came in weak with the I'm not happy with our relationship right now instead of making it clear he wanted to end it. She brainwashed him in the phone call that their relationship is fine and will be better when they move together. He's now said he's uncertain and seems complacent to stay put with the relationship for now. What do we do to save him from a concerned friend and process truster? Uh, well, I, well, he, I'm, seems, he seems like not a great guy. Yeah, you know, they actually um, they probably are, um, you know, you can't talk somebody out of a bad relationship. Uh, yeah, I've you, tried a bunch of times. You really just need to be there when it's over to pick up the pieces. That's what I would say as a friend, not condemning your friend. Maybe she's cheating, too. I don't think he should cheat, but it doesn't sound like they have a particularly healthy romance. Nope. So instead of trying to convince him to do something he obviously doesn't want to do, just fucking ignore it. That's what I would do. I would yeah. ignore it. I mean, look, you gave two details. One detail is she eats Doritos. The other detail is he cheats on her. Right. I'm with her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go, would you like a jigsaw? Quick one. I got to go play basketball. All right, jigsaw. Here we go. Play. I will play this game. Game we play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, "How does it feel to win the ultimate game?" And he said, "If it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?" All right. From now on, here are your two choices. Everything that you find really, really sad now, you will instead find hilarious. Okay. Or. Your nose hair will extend about a half inch outside of your nose for the rest of your life. Oh, easily sad, hilarious. Really? Easy. Yeah, right now, right in a second. Wow, so like at a funeral for a good friend, you will be laughing hysterically. Well, that is the thing. A lot of people have that, actually. Uh, let me give you a sneak preview to the upcoming NBC show Trial and Error. Oh, boy, really? Uh, Sherry Shepard. Her character has has that. Oh, okay. And you'll take that over the nose hair? Oh yeah. I mean nose hair stuff. I I get I get a little bit of nose hair action. I'm sure it'll get worse as I get older, but I get a little bit now and it's not fun. It's not appealing when you're talking to someone all of a sudden you feel like a little tingle on your yeah. lower low nostril. Just being like, Hey, here I am, just poking out here. No, not for me. I'd rather laugh I'd ra- laugh at a funeral. It's a bare naked lady song. I'm all about it. Oh, they suck. Oh, come on. Now, this has been the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly. Always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know Lickface. Have a good game, buddy. Thanks, pal.